Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we're speaking with Adam Lurie. Hey, Adam, how are you? Hey, Bant, doing well. How are you? I'm very, very well. I'm excited to talk to you today. Adam has had an extraordinary career. Uh, he is the Chief Strategy Officer of Torch.ai. It makes data easier to use by humans. Their software changes the paradigm of data and digital workflows, forever solving core impediments caused by the ever-increasing volume and complexity of information. And so Adam's at the forefront of, of the machine learning world, but certainly he's had an amazing career as a executive at a lot of different digital media companies. And we'll talk about all of the things that he's done on the tech side. He's also an advisor, an investor. So he knows a little bit about everything. But before we get into everything with Torch.ai, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, Ben, you know, um, my, I feel like my career has just, uh, it's, it's been uh, an incredibly interesting journey. Um, never expected it to take the path that it ended up taking. Um, but, you know, after 20 years, you sort of wake up and say, man, that, that was, that's, that's been quite an adventure. I, uh, uh, when, when I graduated college, I, uh, I began my career as an investigator, um, you know, working on behalf of the U.S. government and, and believed that I had sort of a, a calling and a mission to truly focus on some of uh, the, the national security problems that, that existed today. I got my master's degree in criminal justice, public policy, and, and that was the path um, that I was, was planning on going on. So after about 10 years uh, of, of working in that field, one of the things that really irked me and got to me was the lack of technology and use of digital data um, and, and analytics um, in, in some of the issues and domains and problems we were working on. And so I joined a, uh, so this sort of began the next phase of my career where I joined a social media analytics firm and, and focused on using open source data for risk. Um, and since that time, um, you know, it, it sort of has taken me on this path where we combine data and technology and entrepreneurship um, and speed all for uh, the common good. And, uh, and, and so that's sort of been, a, been a, the second half of my, my career is really focused focused on technology and data. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, I, I would say that perhaps your sense as an investigator probably drives, drives your digital data sense as well. So tell me how that's being applied now with Torch.ai. Yeah, so um, Torch AI's fundamental capability um, enables individuals and enterprises to, to, to get the most out of their information for analysis. So if you think about all of the data that is being created and generated by enterprises, 
Um, all of this information lives and, and exists in different data sources, in different data stores. And every company and every executive you know, runs around their organization saying, how can I get most the best information, the best analysis from that information? Well, step one is you have to grab the information. And so that you have to put it together. You have to stick it into a data warehouse or a data lake somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's expensive, it's timely, it's costly. And so what Torch AI has done has created a capability that pulls the relevant features um, from all of the source authoritative data stores and mm -hmm. presents that information uh, and facilitates it for analysis. Um, and so when we think about, um, you know, it's kind of my background and the insatiable desire to obtain, to get information out of our uh, uh, data, that's what Torch AI does. It leverages machine learning to facilitate in, uh, analysis and understanding from your data. That's that's great. I, I you know, I, I know a little bit about the machine learning world. I mean, I I did a little bit of work in with advertising and and how advertising groups are applying machine learning information. And at the time when I, I did my doctorate, the challenge was that the quality of the data by a lot of companies was really incomplete, you know, and so even if you applied the best models sometimes the results were quite challenged and 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 i know that the thinking on that topic continues to evolve i just be curious how you guys approach maybe incomplete data sources and all of, all, all of those fun challenges well, all of your data is incomplete because yeah. all of that there, there's no way to get to a perfect data set because you're just uh you're gonna be asking a different question based on that yeah so when i think about big data uh problems or questions i sort of break it down into three pieces um do you have uh do you have the data any data do you have analysis some sort of analytical capability and then do you have some sort of visualization or alerting or front end, some way for a consumer to actually see that information and those insights. But the most important part about combining those three things is, is that looking, uh, is that providing an outcome for the consumer or the enterprise? Otherwise, all it is is technology. All it is is data. All it is is a flashy dashboard. But is it truly providing an outcome for the individual? Yeah. And so I, I, I compare this, you know, to the to the early days of um, uh, web searching. You know, mm. why, why did Google and Yahoo, uh, you know, why did they win? It certainly wasn't because the consumers understood what algorithms were the best. They just <laughs> made it easier for the consumers to find the information they're looking for. Yeah, so, we had we had a whole bunch of players back then. Alta Vista, right. Lycos, like, <laughs> yeah. all those crazy things. You're right. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really great, great point and making it making it truly actionable and meaningful. Um, you know, I think uh, a lot of times it just seems like um, we just repackage and the, the information and it's just the same stuff. And so really kind of providing insights that can be acted upon is spectacular. So tell me, I mean, I feel like one of the, the benefits of the last couple of years was that any of those executives that were perhaps slow adopters or naysayers in boardrooms around the world 
uh, on the use of these types of technologies finally got outvoted. <laughs> you know, finally, right. right? They finally got outvoted. And so, tell me, tell me what you guys are finding in the marketplace, and and what is the real strongest use case these days? Yeah. So, um, you know, when you think about how you know commercial organizations. Um, uh, make their decisions. They, they make them based on the bottom line and, and based on whether or not um, a product or a capability uh, is going to help the bottom line and the mission. Now, the mission obviously changes based on whether you're in manufacturing or retail or, or healthcare. Um, but uh, increased performance in AI and uh, AI pr projects related to data will save costs. It will improve speed and it will protect data in a more secure fashion. And so when we talk about, you know, why a company like Torch AI, if you're able to process information at a, you know, 10 times speed of a system or capability that you're using today, that helps the organization's bottom line. Um, if mm. you're able to secure the information or keep it secure, in, uh, or process that information in a more secure fashion, you know, it mitigates and manages the risk, which again goes towards that bottom line. Um, and so we think about uh, the use of technology as, uh, as, as, as and, and the use of a, a, a platform like ours as a thing that specifically helps the goal and mission of the enterprise and focuses on their outcomes and objectives. I like that. I like that a lot. I. I can't tell you how many presentations I've been in with various platforms where they try to um, try to outline the the beauty of the technology and don't focus on the outcomes and and so it's refreshing to hear that focus. No, as I say that that's why that's why people buy things. They buy things because it's making their lives easier in whatever the motivations are. Um, they're not buying things because the technology may be a little bit better, the code may be written better, the model may be better. It's not why they buy things. They buy things because it helps what they're trying to accomplish. So, Adam, let me change gears a little bit. I mean, I know that you started at, at Torch relatively recently, but we've all been living through the last uh, couple of years, and and it's been a been a moment for everybody. And uh, I. It, I really am asking folks now, what kind of learnings are, did they get from that moment? And how are, how are you seeing that being applied in business today? Yeah, I mean, there's some of the obvious ones around the ability to work remotely, um, you know, skills around managing workforces remotely um, have clearly uh, been a major theme over the last couple of years. Um, but, but I actually uh, have a core belief that we've lost a little bit of the human interaction um, over the last few years, which, uh, which you know, helped helps make you know businesses and organizations and, and enterprises move forward. Um, mm -hmm. There's just a different uh, a, a, a different way to to solve problems when you're sitting in a room with someone versus when you're mm -hmm. looking at them over a screen. It doesn't mean we shouldn't leverage the ability uh, you know to, to to work efficiently over Zoom. 
but we also can't forget that you know we are humans and you know humans are designed to be sort of a collective group of people and we like sitting in the same room with with individuals and um, I spent a lot of time thinking about some of the challenges that I you know have encountered over the last couple of years in COVID and would some of them have been solved if we were in the same room together in lieu mm. over a screen um, and, and uh, you know, as, as hopefully, knock on wood, we are we are coming out of sort of the quarantine phase of the pandemic and, and into more of a, a business as usual phase. Um, you know, we'll be able to to see if, if that that's truly a reality. Yeah, it's such a good point. It's it would be hard for me to argue that I had a drop in efficiency. During COVID, I would say, if anything, we learned how to work more efficiently than ever before. But you're absolutely right. There are certain challenges and problems and misunderstandings. And, um, and even, I would say, some of the areas where you're trying to innovate, where it's just important to be together. Uh, absolutely. And I think really one of the points you just made is that we can't forget we're humans. And guess what? humans aren't necessarily perfectly efficient and you know oh, no. and 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 that and, and that and guess what i i would argue that's okay that's yeah. okay right that's right so, i mean uh some of the most intelligent people i've ever known and the most successful people uh i know are wildly efficient when they're on to something and extremely inefficient with their time and everything else when you know they need that downtime basically yeah right no. so. I, i'm a uh just the way that i work i'm a huge believer in the whiteboard and it, it helps me um I have a big whiteboard in my home office, and I can't tell you how many times I would find myself being on a Zoom call, and I'd point to my whiteboard and go, don't you see what I wrote up there? Um, <laughs> and, of, and of course they can't, but, um, you know, pre-pandemic, we would have we had that exercise together. Um, yeah. and, and now it just became a, a guy sitting in a home office, you know, mapping out something that no one can see. Yeah, you and, uh, you know, your, your Wilson volleyball, you know, you're talking to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so listen, Adam, as you look out into 2022, what, what are you guys focusing on? Oh, we are, um, uh, we expect some rapid growth in 22. So uh, um, we're, we're sort of at the phase of our business where we are going after new verticals, um, new customers. Um, and, and not really new capabilities, but truly new verticals and, and new customers. So when you think about all of the enterprises that deal with complex, messy data and are looking for a solution um, that makes the integration of that information easier to solve, that impacts every large-scale enterprise across every domain uh, in the world today. Yeah. And so... That's what we are spending our time doing in 22 is identifying the right ones that we can go and make a massive land grab to ensure that people um, uh, can run their data projects better. One of the sort of themes that we see, you know, that has sort of existed in the last couple of years, um, organizations have made investments in big data projects. They've whether it's they bought tools or they hired people and they said, yeah, we're ready and willing to make an investment. And here they are three years later and they haven't really gotten anything. 
mm. from that. And so now they're starting to turn around and say, hmm, we've we've made a multi-million dollar investment. We spent time, we spent energy, but again, it gets back to what is our outcome? What have we actually accomplished? And so we look at that and say, now is the perfect time for us to go in there and say, you know, within a week, we will have a product deployed and a platform deployed that brings forth this information in a way that you've never had it done before. I love that. You know, one of the things that actually came out when I did my research in, in the machine learning space, and I was, I was focused very much on the advertising industry, was that even though there are certain areas of marketing that are starting to really dig deep on how they apply machine learning, I'll give you examples like call centers, Etc. Um, one of the, the 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 issues was that um, there had not been much thought around how the use of the technology would change the structure of the operation. It, it, and so, whilst there was this ooh and ah of the technology, there wasn't a oh, but that now makes Susie's job different, and that actually might mean that we don't need John anymore. And, you know, and, and there wasn't a lot of that. And so you, when I, I love what you're saying, which is that you're, we're three years in and perhaps, you know, that people aren't seeing it because I don't know if that holistic thinking has happened yet. Well, you know? and, and, and what a lot of these projects have is they have people, Susie, mm. who is spending time cleaning the data, who's spending right. the time connecting the data. That's not what you want to spend your money doing. And it's not what Susie wants to spend her time doing. You want to be, you want to be looking at that information uh, to make decisions, to, yeah. to analyze them, to be able to tell decision makers, hey, look, all of our information tells us this particular uh, insight or analysis. Yeah. And so yeah. that the, 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 the people become repurposed for that high value um, function, which is what an organization and an individual wants. The yeah. incentives are aligned. Um, yeah. To... I love it. I love it. Adam, if someone wanted to reach you and learn more about what you're doing at Torch AI, where, where should they find you? Yeah, you know, I'm uh, very active on LinkedIn, so you can find my uh, my, my profile on, on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you know, you can also reach me via email at, at adam.lurry at torch.ai. I am, uh, uh, as, as I like to say, I am here to be found. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not hiding anywhere. If people want to have a conversation about, uh, about myself or what we're doing at Torch AI, you know, always open to talk. Well, it sounds like it's a very exciting time at Torch AI, and, and you're on to another really exciting project. Uh, we've been speaking with Adam Lurie. He's the chief strategy officer at Torch AI. Torch AI makes data easier to use by humans. Their software changes the paradigm of data and digital workflows, solving core impediments caused by the ever-increasing volume and complexity of information. It's a uh, it's a brave new world, all powered by machine learning, and uh, Torch is playing a big role in that area. Adam, thank you so much for being on Uncaged, and we look forward to having you back. Great. Thanks a lot, Ben. Had a blast. All right. Cheers.